Hey guys, welcome back to Working Comic Podcast. This is episode 44. I had the opportunity to interview Caleb Sinan. He is one of the um, hottest up-and-coming young comics in the country. He's from the South. He is the son of a preacher. Uh, this is a really cool episode. We talk about the basic, uh, you know, doing colleges conversation that we've talked about uh, with previous guests. We talk about getting on Conan. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, what his Just for Laughs experience was like and what that huge monumental festival is and how how that feels to be a part of. Uh, we also talk about meditating and getting in the right uh, headspace before a set and uh, matching how you are usually funny or how you feel like you're the most funny and, and channeling that on stage and actually doing that on stage. So uh, it's a really cool conversation. I learned a lot. And uh, please enjoy. I don't know anything. I just kind of do what I do. <laughs> but you, you do a lot of cool stuff. You were you were doing the the late nights mm-hmm. on uh, on Conan. You're going. You're doing colleges. Going out to colleges tomorrow. Yeah. College and comedy clubs all over the country. That's exciting. Yeah. So are you regularly touring colleges now? Um, not that much. Like there's some people that'll do like 80, a hundred colleges a year and I'm definitely not doing that. Um, but you know, some here and there, I don't even know how it happens, but I'll just get an email and they're like, you're doing the college. And I'm like, all right, cool. I don't know how. So, so you're, you just have the, the agents just tell you what to do. Yeah. They just give me an email. Nice. Did you do it through the, I guess you have a, um, a college rep. Or a- agent or whatever. I just I'm with Gersh, so uh, I don't know what's going on. But I don't ask questions. <laughs> I just, just I get like, emails. Let me tell Sometimes jokes. it's from someone I don't know, and they're just like, "You're doing this." I'm like, "Great." <laughs> it's like not even your agent. They're just like, "Hey." They all like work together. And stuff. Okay, it's weird. But um, it is from the same company. It's not like yeah. random people. <laughs> like I can't just like email you and be like, "Hey, you're working my birthday party." I mean, uh, that would work too. If you, <laughs> any email with some money in the in the subject i'll be like all right i'll do that that's pretty cool pretty you're very going. abstracted away from the whole process yeah nice. uh, so i'll do whatever did you go through that whole NACA thing with the conferences I've never and done all that i've only ever just get individual call i've never done that i've yeah. submitted but i've never gotten in interesting i talked to the the past couple people i interviewed we talked about NACA, and it seems like such a process it's like the yeah. ultimate i mean like for a festival you pay 40 bucks and you maybe like don't get in or whatever you maybe mm-hmm. get in now is like you pay 800 bucks it's a lot and then you might not yeah or it something could be like absolutely that. nothing that's insane it is weird that they it's do a it crazy investment especially now it's like can it all just be like with the internet it's like i gotta fly to you know somewhere in kentucky <laughs> yeah to, to see if you think I'm funny. It's like, just look me up and t- you tell me. I know that is like weirdly primitive. Can't they just like look you up or I don't know. There's so many ways to like vet that someone's funny. I probably would feel different if I had gotten in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll change all my opinions if it goes well. <laughs> <laughs> like if I hadn't done late night, I'd be like late night's bullshit. You don't have to. But now I'm like, oh, great. Late night is the way to go. Oh, I'm like, dude, you got to do it. <laughs> oh, it's great. It was cool that I was watching your Conan set. That was really funny. Thanks. Um, man. I like the, what is it? Oh, the I like that just like subtle comparison that like sex is flip flops walking yeah, down yeah. the stairs. That was just very funny. Yeah, yeah, that just happened one day, and I was like, what a weird effect that had on my brain. That 
someone walking in flip-flops could actually make me go like change the chemistry of my body <laughs> it really is the same sound though. yeah the flapping right and now i'm like and it's never going to get out of my head either time i hear any of those now i'm just like oh boy you just turned on by flip-flops now every kind of every sound i hear any household sound that's amazing <laughs> um so how did uh how did that happen getting on conan was that the first or second conan that was the right? second one that was the second one Okay. Which I had one day notice for. Whoa. He called me at like 5 p.m. He's like, can you do tomorrow? Conan uh, called you? Uh, no, the book. <laughs> it would be Conan funny. himself. Conan He's like, I need you in here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. It is funny when I hear I have heard Jimmy Kimmel's really involved in it. Uh, but Conan, I think he just likes to be surprised and the booker does all the work. And then he just, when you walk out, that's the first he's seen of those jokes or anything. So yeah. Like, oh, or okay. of you. Does he, he knows like in a ahead of time you're coming up and stuff yeah like he just knows a name to say yeah i think he'll be work? like oh okay but he doesn't he's not like involved beforehand really okay so night the booker just called you said i guess they had you on uh their radar because yeah you must have crushed that first one yeah the first one was great uh it was so weird because it's uh that's a festival thing it was just like I did the Laughing Skull Festival, and the Montreal Booker saw me there. Eventually, I did Montreal, and the Kona Booker saw me there. And it's all just like, if we were just talking shit about it, and then I'm realizing everything I've gotten has been from someone seeing me live. So Yeah, that's hard interesting. To, yeah, it's just Booker seeing me at other things. That's cool, though. Yeah, that seems like that's how it goes. Everyone kind of like they performed live at some place, and someone saw them. Like someone in the crowd, like the, what is it, Al La La Land. Yeah, and then yeah, they, it's uh, really like that. And then they go to the next thing, and then the next thing, and then they friends, and then their friends are doing this, and then they're and they're right. rich and famous. It is weird that even with all the internet and all the stuff we can do, it is still. I do guess it still works that way. You still got to be in person. You still got to be talking and re like right in front of someone to really make an impression enough for them to. Yeah, Hollywood is very much like an old school classic, like show business. Like you got to be rubbing yeah. shoulders with people. Yeah, rubbing I don't know, shoulders. be like not anymore. Be don't near you people. dare rub those shoulders. I know, yeah. Now, now you just, no rubbing, but <laughs> near the proximity of the shoulders. Uh, but it's yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, um, I think just the effect of uh, being in LA, I think, or at least in my opinion, changes uh, like your perspective of what is achievable or possible. Like I'm from Connecticut, and then like everyone who sees people on TV or like famous people on the internet. They're like, whoa, these people, that's so crazy. Like, how could they, they're so famous. And they're like, even if they saw like a blogger that had like, I don't know, 100,000 followers that they like or 10,000 followers, they'd be like, whoa, let's take a picture. That's insane. Yeah, how are yeah. you a person? But in LA, it's like, you see all these people, like all the time, you see at, at open mics, you'll see five people that were on late night. Oh yeah. And like, it's so common to see it. And you realize, oh, like, oh, maybe this is more, this is less distant. Oh yeah, just by being so, geographically closer. It's so like that's what I always tell comics. I'll be like, I'll be like, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm as good. And I'm like, hey, I'm in LA, and I see a lot of people that are not good. They're not ready, and it's going great. So why yeah. not? I don't like take a chance. There's a, there's a million people on a million shows doing a million things, and it's like you can get lost in the shuffle. But it's like it's all about you. It's all about you and your thing. There mm -hmm. could be. You could be the 10,000th most famous person on earth and be having a great time. It's like you don't have to worry about you're not really competing. Yeah. You just do your own thing. It's so interesting. There's so much opportunity here. Um, 
I was uh, I'm like in that. There's a. Do you know the Pack Theater? I've heard of it, but I don't. It's think like I've this like improv new sketch theater thing, but I'm in this like uh, I'm in their big Facebook group, and I, I kind of like took a couple classes there, but I noticed they're like, oh, shout out to like this community member. I don't remember the person's name. So and so, they won an Oscar for Whoa. like writing uh, Black Klansman. Wow. Like an writer, Oscar. and it's just like a dude at the theater who's like participates, and wow. it's just like a a person there. And it's like, oh, you won an Oscar. It's like, it's so weird to think of. It's like, oh, aren't you like this big giant person who's like uh, far removed from things? But it's oh, like no. just being around. You're yeah, like, that is. Isn't weird. that crazy? That's <laughs> like an Oscar. What? I can't tell. You're just if like that in the community. Makes it cool, more magical or less magical? I know. I was I like, know. what? You're just like part of this theater. Yeah, I got an like, Oscar. I have it next to my TV. You're like, cool, so see it sketch practice or whatever. Yeah. Like, I got an Oscar. You still got to go get groceries and figure out health care. Yeah, <laughs> that's that crazy. Um, yeah. So what's your story of being a comedian? You're from the South. You're yes. the son of a preacher, preacher man. The preacher man. Yeah, that's right. Nice. That song is inaccurate. <laughs> Whoa. So wait, how did that start? How did you get into the comedy? You're from Georgia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Georgia. Cool. I was born in Virginia, but I don't remember that at all. Okay. But yeah, you moved around a lot because my dad would have different jobs at churches and stuff. But uh, yeah, raised in Georgia in a small town, and I uh, went to college in Athens, Georgia, UGA. Started doing stand-up there. Eventually, I was like, oh, Atlanta's where the scene, that's yeah. where like, the hub, there wasn't a comedy club in Athens. We had like open mics and stuff, but it's a great scene, but it was like, Atlanta has like, had like four clubs. So much. There's like 30 open mics a week there. Really? So it was like wow. Huge. And I was like, I got a, and I dropped out, moved there, and uh, I didn't realize how lucky I was because I could get on stage every single night in front of real crowds and very, very diverse crowds, like every kind of crowd that you need to learn how to work to be like funny. And uh, I didn't even know what I, I didn't even. Re- it was like wax on, wax off. I didn't even realize what I was doing. I was just like, well, I like doing stand up. Uh, I need to. It's very fun. And it gives you that rush. And uh, I was like, I don't like bombing. So it just kind of, you know, <laughs> accidentally got uh, good, I think. Or better. How long bad. did you stay in the Atlanta scene? I moved there in 2012, and I stayed there until 2015. And then okay. I here. Nice. Uh, and, yeah, it was, uh, it was just a weird, I don't know, I was just kind of desperate. Well, not desperate. I was just like, well, this is the thing in life that I like. And I knew that's what I needed to do. So I just gave everything else up. I was like, well, I, I slept on an army cot for a year because uh, I wanted to. Sp- I didn't ha- make enough money to have my own bedroom. So me and this other comic split a bedroom that d- couldn't fit two beds in it. So he had a bed, and then we could fit this army cot next to it. And I slept in that. I think my rent was uh, $200 Whoa, a, a month that's insane. to do that because I was like, I need to be able to make no money for a while to do stand-up every single night. And uh, not have like a real job, so uh, it was it was great. It was really fun. And then I started doing festivals, and then ended up out out here. And you know, you do a festival, they see, and then it was like boom, boom, boom. Then I got Conan, and uh, since then it's been pretty good. Nice. So you kind of came out here after you had gotten like festivals. Like yeah, I started like doing festivals last. in 2014. I did like the Asheville Festival, which is great. Laugh your Asheville off. I did. Uh, the Laughing Skull Festival. I got my first Montreal audition, and just all out of Atlanta. Um, and I, I think there was another festival that I'm forgetting about. But I was just doing all kinds of stuff around, and uh, 
it was so weird. And then eventually, you know, Montreal, I didn't, I thought Montreal was just another festival. I didn't realize it was like this, the Olympics. Really? You didn't know when you got in? Well, I knew it was like, I was like, well, that's how you get Conan. Cause I heard Tommy Jonigan talking about it on a podcast. And I was like, well, I need to do that to get Conan. I just thought it was a festival where the Conan Booker was at. I didn't realize it was that big. I knew it was big, but I didn't understand. It's not even the same. It's Did like, you realize when you were like doing it or afterwards? That well, as soon as I got there, I was like, oh, shit, this is big. Like, it's like the whole like I you do fest every festival in America. If you get an Uber from the airport and they're like, what are you doing in town? You're like, I'm doing the festival. They go, what? Where? What? The comedy? There's a comedy festival. There's a comedy club here. And you're oh, just yeah. Like, they like, okay. have no idea. They're like, what right. is comedy and there it's like you get in a cab and they're like are you here for the montreal festival and you're like what and it's like you know there's logos everywhere like it's you know fourth of july wow it's like the biggest thing ever it's so huge there's like i think there's one night of the festival where there's literally 100 shows going on in one day wow it's so it's so huge it's just insane are there there's there's several venues or many so venues. many so many and it's just round the clock it's insane it's huge it's like every i when i went one year it was dave Chappelle and louis ck were there pre thing yeah uh but it was huge it's so big it doesn't even make sense like snl people are there who aren't even on the fest they're just hanging out you're like there's five people from snl at the bar and they're all drinking at the same bar Whoa. it's so weird it's just it doesn't even feel real it's like L.A. on stage. It's like it's not like that. Like you go to the improv, you're not going to see 20 celebrities. But in Montreal, it's just bananas. It's so That's cool. so cool. How yeah. um, long is does that go for? It's like a week or something? Um, It's all month, but the oh, really? first half is like in French. That's It's like, you know. Oh, it's French and English. There's yeah. French, the French portion and then a, a English portion. Uh, but it's so... I, I went again last year and it was it was even bigger. It's so crazy. Wow. Um, and I was th I was so dumb and unprepared. I, I I don't know what I could have done to prepare, but I got there and it's like there's like parades and it's I've never seen anything like it. Wow. So yeah, tell me about your personal experience like doing stand up there. Like what was that like? Um. Well, I kind of I I think you know how sometimes being dumb helps. You know. Like, yeah, because you're not yeah thinking about how scary it is. Right. Being an idiot can help you sometimes. And uh, it's helped me a lot in life. Uh, <laughs> it really has. Like, if you're just, if you don't know you're skydiving, it'll help. Like, if you're just, you know, literally wake up and then you jump out, you're probably, probably yeah. going to be better. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I didn't really know. I was just like, I want to do Conan, and I've heard you can do it this way. And I was so focused on that, I don't think I realized that that kind of helped me seem more confident. Uh, Cause I didn't, I, I like, I remember before the show, everybody's in the green room, like, you know, focus, like eye of the tiger, eight mile, like, here we go. My big break. And I was like, I intentionally was like, I don't want to even match that energy where I was like, I want to treat this. Cause I was always like, when do I kill the hardest? When do I do the best? is like at my favorite show in Atlanta. And I had just, I moved to LA like two weeks before Montreal. So I was still like, think in Atlanta mode. And I was like, well, my favorite show, Star Bar in Atlanta, I would, I'd have a couple drinks. I'd probably try one new bit, but 
but I would do, I wouldn't be doing jokes I hate. I would be trying to have fun. Yeah. You know, if if something comes up, just kind of go with it. You know, but to not be like, "Hello, everyone. A little bit about me." You know, like, <laughs> not the classic thing. So I was like, so I was in the green room. I was like, "Are there any beers here?" And people and I like go find someone who's in charge, and I'm like, they go, "Yeah, yeah, there's a fridge over here with beer," and I'm like, "Great." Um, so I was like, I'm gonna like chill. I'm like gonna be like, I'm not even gonna write out a set list. I'm just gonna do what I want. Um, Don't you have to like tell them what you're gonna say? Sometimes, but I found it. If you do good, no one cares about anything. Yeah. Like on Conan, they're like, do this, do this, do this. We got to run it by the sponsor. But I mean, I've heard tons of people who they just go, yeah, I just threw in a new thing, and what are they gonna do? You know, it's as yeah. long as you, as long as it gets a laugh and no one gets sued, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, and I was like, I changed one of my jokes the night before. I wrote a new part to it. I was doing, because I was like, I don't want to, to stand out and really get, do well. I want to like be different in, in the energy and all that. So uh, I didn't want to be drunk, but I was like, I'm going to have a couple drinks. That's what I would do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you wanted to match your, when you usually do well. Right. And I also want my, wanted my persona to match what I, what I started comedy well the reason i wanted to was like me and my friends hanging out eating together drinking together funny stuff like you know if i do say something weird and wrong it's fine we're friends we'll figure it out like i just didn't want it to feel like uh every, and a lot of people did great that night but i i think it went the reason i felt good about mine and that i that it went well is because i was like i'm not gonna uh and i and the, since then with tv tapings that's how i do it i'm like don't this is good uh i may want to make sure to get sleep the night before but other than that it's like i want it to feel like comedy not like um you know the business more show than business i don't yeah. want it to seem like hello here i am i'm entertaining you to further my career yeah I not like super weird like and that. robotic and not authentic and yes. a lot of pressure which is hard to manufacture so i just do no effort it's like meditating where i'm like all right i'm not i'm gonna not overthink this so i'm doing comedy i know how to do that i'm gonna do it the way i normally do. that's so good i need to do that i always overthink things when i'm when it's high stakes and i get yeah. really unfunny it's yes. so bad like i'm i do so like even just like little like competition shows mm -hmm. i do the worst and i do the best of my own shows obviously because yeah. you're like your own show you're comfortable but like when it's like a competition i bomb and i'm like stiff and lame yeah you just gotta get out of your own way it's your own brain it's just like hey this is comedy i know how to do it i'm gonna do it the way i do it and if you can just do that every time and obviously not try out not open mic it but like just do it the way you would do it like 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 get back to that place in your head of like your favorite show with your favorite people where, where it's friendly and it's like home field like what, what would i do like here's the stuff my newest stuff that I that I do it's the combination of new but good enough, but new enough you're excited about it. Yeah, enough that it's not like lame and unfinished. Um, usually it's like stuff from the past eight months. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. You know, uh, nothing too old, nothing too new, and uh, that's my favorite. And it's like once you can get it, and obviously I fail pretty often, but uh, it helps. It really helps to try that one. So you did, uh, was it Fresh Faces? Yeah, I did a New Faces. Oh, uh, oh um, yeah, Fresh Faces is Laugh Factory. Yeah. New Faces, sorry. 
I had laugh But some Matt. places, I don't know, there's other festivals with new faces, and then some do fresh. New, it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the same. So, and then, did you do the repped one or the unrepped one? I was unrepped. So, I didn't have an agent, manager. No, I didn't know, literally knew nothing about show business. <laughs> Interesting. So, if can you do it again as a repped person? Is that um, how, how does that work? I don't think so. It's um, just like you debut once or whatever. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, if you do it unwrapped and and then they invite you back, they'll just invite you back in a different capacity. It's like maybe your own show or opening for someone or competing in a thing, but like you don't get to do new faces again. That's so cool. Um, but yeah, I was doing it unwrapped was great. I didn't that, that also helped me because I didn't know anything, so I was just like a guy from Georgia, like hey, this is fun, and I didn't know about the all the like political like maneuvering and show busy stuff. I didn't know any of that. Um, what are you supposed to know? Well, there's all kinds like of stuff. Like at uh, Montreal? Of people to suck up to or people to – and but that's one – like one time I, out here I was at a U2 concert and I'm just having beers. Like, I love U2. I know they're not the coolest band, but I like them. And I'm talking to this guy for like 30 minutes and then uh, – after I'm done talking to him, one of my friends is like, you know, that guy's a billionaire. And I was like, what? I'm like, yeah, he like invented And I had no idea. We were just having <laughs> fun talking. But I'm glad I didn't know. It probably would have made me go like, oh, I'm talking to a billionaire. But it's like, why would I? So not knowing kind of helps sometimes. And I, I didn't know any of the, you know, cynical show business things. Who was the guy? Do you know? I can't remember his name now. I was pretty drunk. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I, I like, I, you know. Sometimes when I know stuff now, I'm like, I wish I didn't know so I could just be normal. That's so true. That's such an interesting theme of like not knowing and being dumb and being normal because it actually helps. It's like weird. Like for shows, it seems meditative. For people, you seem less of like a weirdo creep. Yes. And like more personable. Yeah. That's interesting to just not know. Not knowing, getting out of your own way. Uh, I just most uh, like – most thoughts you have in a day, I'd say 90% of them are useless. Oh, yeah. It's probably more. <laughs> I think all my thoughts are useless, right. to be honest. It's like the, there's only a few good ones you can even have, and so many of them are just like needless worries, needless overthinking. and I don't know. I want to use – they always say you use 10%. I'd like to get down to like three. <laughs> <laughs> you want to lower it. I want, 10 is debilitating. It is. Uh, do you meditate? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's why you have the meditative, the yeah. mindfulness perspective. Well, I'm trying. I mean, I'm not good at meditating either, uh, but I'm trying. At least it helps you at least get started on being like, okay, that's a useless thought. Yeah, same. I, I like to do it too because I'm like a terrible listener. This is my. This is a good practice for me being a listener and not interrupting people just by interviewing people. Well, the fuzz helps. The fuzz. Uh, <laughs> you guys might not know this, but uh, my mic has fuzz around it. Is it. So fuzz. Like those. Uh, Big ridiculous outdoor interview mics. It's literally just a boom mic with fuzz. It looks on it. like the bottom part of like when uh in those ski movies when uh, <laughs> like the bottom part of the leggings that the women wear. Oh yeah. Yeah, the big. Fuzz oh yeah, thing. like the f- the fuzz at the end of yeah. Uh, also at the end of like uh like jackets and stuff. And yeah, like, yeah. Like it's like a mix or something. Good look though. It's a cute look. It's a good. Look. The fuzz. It's kind of cute. <laughs> like it could be like a little pet or something yeah i like it um but yeah i like to meditate i use headspace do you use headspace or uh, one of the i things? have not used headspace i've been just kind of shopping around using different apps 
free trials. Okay, cool. <laughs> there's a what? There's another one. What is it like? I don't know. It's like one word. Calm. Call. That's a thing. I got called. Uh huh. I like calm. Headspace is good. It's literally just like the Geico Gecko talking to you. I feel For real? like. I mean, not really, but I think. Okay. Well, it's, it's a like, job. All it's a voiceover right, job. Uh, sit down. Uh, take a seat. And it literally just sounds exactly like him. And I like can't. Right. I, I think that that might be distracting if you're like new to meditating mm-hmm. at all, because you're just like going to be thinking about the gecko. Yeah, but he that is, is uh, distracting. <laughs> but then it's like you need to learn how to deal with those distractions. Yeah, exactly. Get through it anyway. Um, that would be kind of cute to have like the little gecko on your shoulder, and he's like telling you to meditate. No, no, that they should do more branded apps like that where it's like Snoop Dogg or something, you know, whoever you find personally calming. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Huh. yeah ideas. Just made a billion dollars. Billion dollar idea. Yeah. Like kind of like the Morgan Freeman uh yeah. GPS stuff. But I'm trying like to think him. of whose voice I would find the most calming. Cuz there's Morgan Freeman, I'd be thinking Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman. I know. I would just well, relax. That relax. <laughs> yeah. Well, and all you need to do is relax. Then I'd start thinking about Shawshank, and then I yeah no you it would go down a rabbit hole pretty quick. Yeah, it should be a stranger, someone I don't very nondescript like uh, Ohio accent, or I'm trying to think of a state that doesn't have an accent. Is there one in Missouri? Probably, probably Southern. Is Missouri? Right? I don't know. Is it considered? <laughs> I don't know. But um, where where were we in there? Oh, I want oh yeah, I wanted to ask you. So for uh, JFL, um, how long do you perform? Because you fly out, it's like a month long thing. How right. many times do you like perform? You're there for a week or less, week or less usually. Okay. For if you're a new face, um, it's different for different people, but yeah. And then uh, do you perform once? Or twice, multiple uh, times? Usually you have a big show and a little show. So the big show is the one where it's like tons of agents, managers. It's like a job fair. It's like TV bookers. And mo- like a good half of the crowd is industry. Really? Uh, and then the other half is like, you know, Canadian. Just, <laughs> just, just folks. Just general Canadian people. Right. So honestly, it's set up to be a horrible crowd. Because uh, it's, you know, p- industry people who are, like, at work, literally, like, jotting things down. and Like, you like know, with Bluetooth headsets, like. Yeah, ready to pounce, ready to figure out who they want to get with. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the crowds in Montreal speak English as a second language. They speak French, mostly. So they're, like, you know, sometimes the laugh will be weirdly delayed. And stuff. Oh, because they're, like, processing. Yeah. So, honestly, <laughs> like, it's, French. it's not the best crowd in the world really but it can be but yeah, it's it is not a different audience set up for everyone to succeed some people do bomb bad because they just they can't find that groove because it's not a normal that's not a normal crowd yeah you're not half french canadian your... half industry it's not... <laughs> that's a very weird demographic yeah. but sometimes they just light up sometimes you can do real megan gailey i remember had a killer like you sometimes you can just grab that crowd uh Huh. That's so. So some people kill, some people do bomb. You really have to keep in mind when you're making a set. You're like, what's the French Canadian industry set that I need for this festival? Right. Well, what? that it helps me to think of like basic, like not like dumb and unoriginal, but like you know, I think about like uh, I love Brian Regan where he has he'll have a joke about manslaughter, 
you're gonna get that wherever you are. Like pretty it's universal like themes. A joke about couches. A joke about the moon. Like things you can never go. Do they have the moon here? Yeah. Like if you have jokes about like X Men or like something super, you know, inside, or like, you know, something all like local humor. Like you got jokes about uh, <laughs> Los Feliz. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just things where it's like it really make forces you, and I think that's why it's such a fun interesting thing because it's like oh he just killed in front of uh french canadians and industry from all over so this is appealing to a big group of people if you can kill in front of those people uh then that shows something that Mm -hmm. oh that joke he has about uh doors is uh we could sell that that could be on my show i know they're just trying to figure out how to sell it right how to sell it and if you can't sell that crowd, then, then it's probably... So how are you going to sell other crowds? Right. But then some people bomb and then have a wonderful... Their next year is amazing. And I'm like, oh, how did that happen? But, then, you know, there's always political things. Do you like, bomb oh, and then go back? They let you back? That's not as often. But, I mean, if you bomb, uh, but then you get famous anyway, which has happened. Real? Oh, oh like so through other means. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you bomb and then you get a role on a sitcom you're just not that great at stand-up but you're a wonderful comedic actor that happens all the time um and then you get invited back because you're a celebrity but uh yeah and by then you've probably gotten better at stand-up if you bomb at jfl and you don't become a celebrity are you just like screwed no but i think you can you can be if you if you accept it that like like if you didn't try to come back or yeah oh yeah it can like crush your spirit (laughs) <laughs> yeah if you let it and i get it um but yeah I, that you can definitely see that with some people they'll have a rough set and then it, they just can never kind of recover mentally from like i bombed so bad in front of i blew my big shot and i'm never and it's like yeah but people forget people forget these people go every year they're they're, they're working on they think about themselves all day they're not remembering when you bombed in 2012 in montreal yeah it's like you can get over it i feel like you can uh, you can overcome any of that you know it's like Chris Rock had a horrible set on the Joan Rivers show. That was supposed to be his. I mean, he's doing great now. So yeah. it's like you can bomb in front of the whole country and people forget. And everyone forgot. Everybody because you weren't memorable. And I'm sure he's by definition it on the internet. But oh yeah, yeah. So it's I, I think people get way way too into their head of like it's not like running for president and losing and then you're like people like want you to die. Yeah, where, <laughs> where it's like two people you lost die yeah oh man it's like people still like al gore lost what 20 years ago and people are like just still get away like it's on tv <laughs> Stay out. Like, we hate no <laughs> it's like dude let him <laughs> so much angst yeah people yeah just it's, get it's so a difference mad. it's at four years two people one has to lose yeah <laughs> there's like jfl every year hundreds of people right. you fuck up it's no not a big deal. It really isn't. Uh, it's disappointing, but, you know, it's not the end-all, be-all. It can be a huge springboard to success. It can be. But some people go up there crushing, and then that still doesn't help nothing. You yeah. Best set on the show, and people are like, well, you, you look kind of weird, so we're not going to fuck <laughs> with you. Yeah, that's so, so weird. You you just got to kind of roll with it. Interesting. Uh, crushing is not the only thing that matters. Clearly, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's, it's uh, it's such a weird thing. It's so weird. 
Where, yeah. And uh, it's just like anything else. We're like, why aren't they more famous? Why are they so famous? And no one, I don't know. No one knows. All right, why, um, not why. What, what's your ideal audience, would you say? I, the jokes that I like the most and the things that made me want to do stand-up is I want it to be a little bit of everyone uh, who does speak English, even if it's your second language. But I just do want you to. That's <laughs> your general audience kind of understand English. Yes, I'd prefer. Yeah. But as long as it's a mixture of that, uh, that's what I like, because I don't like it when it's all men. Don't care for that. Um, I don't ever want it to feel like a huddle, like, hey, we're talking about them. Talking about the girls. Because I like to here. talk about stuff. I like to talk about race and sex and and politics. And st- I, I want it to be like a good – if you just are interested in comedy and you want to come to a show, that's what I want. I want a good mix. Uh, I don't want anyone too young, obviously. Uh, so if you're old enough to go to a comedy club, I guess, what, 18 or 21 or whatever yeah. those are. Uh, and then just a, a good mix. I want single people. I want people in relationships, couples. I would like some people there with their family, you know, all different races. That would, that's ideal. So, so you, like, you can do well in front of any kind of room, it seems like. I can also bomb in front of any room. Yeah. But I my, the goal is like, what I write for and what I'm going for is like the people. I want to be talking to the folks because uh, that's always what made me laugh. Is I always love, you know, I would always think about Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock and the people that I really that really made me laugh with the, and the kind of stuff that was interesting to me. It was just like, hey, I'm going to talk about this. And I always loved, uh, you know, when they would cut and you would see the crowd and be like, oh, that's everyone. He just made everyone laugh. Yeah, you know, white, black, Mexican, Asian, like everybody, uh, and it's I love seeing old people laugh and be like, oh wow, they're eighty and they laughed at that, you know. So it's just I I, I like it to be a good mix. That's cool. Do you feel like it's uh, difficult to write jokes that are universal for everyone like that? Yeah, um, but I don't like sometimes when you see a very uh, monolithic crowd. Pretty good Monolithic, word. Maybe it's not a good word. Giant? Just when it's all the same. If it's like these are all oh, monogamous bikers. Wait, is that no? That's not these are all middle aged white bikers. I'm like, well, <laughs> and then you see someone go up and do bike jokes, and you're like, well, here we go. It just feels like whenever it's a, a the whole crowd is exactly the same. Homogenous. Hum, there we go. Uh, I, that's all a little weird to me. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> it just feels strange. Yeah. And then it feels like we're talking about people out of like telling tales out of school. Like, let's talk about these women. You know, like I just I don't like to. Or you can conversely just do jokes about those people that right. are there. Inside jokes and like uh, niche humor. Yeah. And stuff like that, which I guess is valuable. And some, yeah, I think you need to sometimes you do have, you know, like I'm going to do a college show Thursday. It's going to be a lot of college kids in New Hampshire. Uh, it's kind of a niche audience, even though right. colleges are diverse. That age group is like the right. nicheness. Yeah, you none of y'all People know anything yet. Yeah, <laughs> and I think then they get mad, like we know. And I'm like, why are you in a co- you're here to learn? Yeah, and you're just got here, so you don't know anything yet. <laughs> so, mm. but you know that's not going to help you kill if you go up and insult them. I know. So I'm not going to say that. Uh, but yeah, it's it kind of you. I did a college a few months ago in Kentucky, and and it I I had to think beforehand, like okay, well. 
what was it like? It was the first week too. I was like, what was it? What did I feel like the first week of college? And I'm trying to get back into that to be like, okay, I gotta. Everyone here is 18 or 19 or whatever age freshman is. So, yeah, sometimes a, it's a good to do every once in a while just so you, you're out of your comfort zone. But I like it. I want it to be everywhere. Yeah, that's cool. I'm actually on the more niche side. I run this tech roast show where we mostly just get people in tech come. I, they either love tech or I guess hate them because they want to see them get roasted. <laughs> but yeah. uh, in Seattle and SF and we're expanding it. But our main audience is very niche, yeah. which is interesting. I always like um, – so I graduated in 2017 and then I found that because I did a lot of like uh, shows at UCLA that my material would do well in front of college kids yeah. and then it would do well in front of tech people. And then I really struggled to have funny jokes in front of normal people. Yeah. Like at mics and stuff. They're like, what do you, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure that out. Did you like, yeah. um, when you think about writing jokes, do you filter out? Like, are you like, I, want to write a joke about this um but i won't because it doesn't like match like a criteria of being universal enough yeah welcome when i first started i had a lot of jokes about where i was in my life so i had a lot of um i had a lot of hip-hop jokes i had a lot of uh you know like political humor which i still like and sometimes i'll see i do love hip-hop and politics and like i follow them uh and, but it's like, it, I didn't, it was not as useful to me as a tool. Um, you know, it was like going out and uh, trying to, like, I'm looking for a hammer for the nails. Like, like boom, boom, boom. I want to, like, make everyone in this room laugh. And I even when I would do well, I was still like, I'm not getting everybody. I want to, like, you want to kill. Political, you're fundamentally going to get half, I guess. Yeah. Um, like, best case. Even if, and, unless you make it not that uh, right. pointed your perspective not that clear or something but now it's like I feel like even if it's uh, no matter what the crowd is uh, you know if you if you make fun of anyone the people who li- like if you make fun of Trump the people that like Trump are going to be mad the people that hate Trump are going to be sad you reminded them of that. oh yeah they're so I'm like, like I don't want a half mad half sad crowd now yeah it just uh I, it's just not as useful. I wish I it was. That is true. Because I do think it's like it legitimately is funny to me. It makes me laugh. But a lot of crowds, it pisses them off, makes them sad. And that's not what I want to do. I literally, I never want to make you sad or pissed off. I just want you to laugh. But if that's your choice, then fine. I won't talk about it. Because I, I used to try. Um, and I just I never could get where I yeah, wanted. Yeah, I had um, the same experience. Mm-hmm. It's hard. And, and people... You know, not everyone listens to hip hop, so <laughs> my, at best, my hip hop jokes were getting to thirty percent of the crowd. Um, so I just was like, "Well, what's something?" And the stuff that really started working was when I was started talking about my personal life and experience of like um, me and my family, me and my you know what my experiences with working, my experiences with you know stuff that that actually I would talk about to to people, uh, and you know having a dad growing up in the church uh, yeah preacher dad living in the south being frustrated with uh, what all the all the stuff that comes from being from there and living in a small town uh that's when it really started to hit because it's like okay everybody can understand that kevin hart said the same thing i was reading his book he said that too 
Um, he was talking about how he started doing best when I don't remember. He was talking to some comedian, but the guy told him to just talk about his life, talk about his experiences and yeah. stuff like that. And apparently, I was talking. I don't know why this just kept coming up recently, and it just seems like talking about life and experiences is what a lot of the best comics end up doing. I think so, and that's the stuff that makes me laugh. That's the um, um, like I like I like talking about uh, I love talking about race, and I know I'm a white guy, um, <laughs> but I like that. I like that. That's a little trickier. That I I have to for me to do well with a race joke or a sex some anything that's in one of those things. Yeah, I really gotta find the re- the perfect groove. Uh, but it's to me that's nothing builds the tension more to release it. It's like a high risk, high reward. Um, you can really do some. I love it. I love doing it. I talk about it all the time. Uh, and and I'm like I'm a, white, a straight white guy from the south. <laughs> I know like, the odds are stacked against you in yeah. terms of being likable. But I never get. I love it. I love doing it. Um, that's but that's cool. why I also don't like it so much when it's an all white crowd. So yeah, because then you're like, well, now that I do it, I feel like they want me to actually just be racist or whatever. I want you to just be right. like. Or they get so uptight that they're like, is this okay? And I'm like, when, when everyone's there and everyone's laughing, I feel like it puts everyone at ease where they're like, okay, this is not, you know, luckily my accent. Really? Even not- the, just, what you say, like white dude crowds are all uh, getting nervous? Yeah, they can get real nervous. A lot of crowd, if it's a bunch of white dudes they can get either it can either go most of the time it's just like they're way too uptight and way worried about you know but then sometimes it goes way the other way where they're like you know they're like yeah let's do it let's be you know i'm like i don't want to do that it's not a rally yeah yeah that's the bad one (laughs) yeah so sometimes that's a little um it's a little weird but then there's some also times also when it's like if it's an all-black crowd and i'm on the show uh, sometimes it gets into a, it's like, yeah, it's so weird where it's like, um, you know, you'll see some white comedians go up there and be like, Hey, I'm a white guy. I don't know how to dance. And then it's just a weird vibe. And I never want like, you have to like pander and like be weirdly self-deprecating in a way that you would never right. be. But then sometimes like, you know, if I go up and there's a DJ and he's playing like, you know, sometimes they'll play like the most, uh, like they'll play something like black skinhead when I walk up. And uh, and then the crowd's already laughing, and it it helps. It makes your set good, but it's just weird when it's like it's like you're a mascot. It's like and here's Whitey, or they'll play a real white song, like uh, you know something by Billy Joel or something. And then I'm like, okay. Uh, but I, I like that, and I li- I have done that a lot. But it's like I I'd prefer it to be just like everybody. Yeah. Is the to me that's when I'm the most comfortable and I feel like the crowd's the most comfortable. Yeah. That's cool. So when you got to, um, LA 2015, you were already doing the things, doing the big things. Yeah. That was, uh, and then you just moved here. I I got pretty lucky. Uh, the timing was, and I didn't even know, I didn't even know to plan it that way. It just kind of worked out. Um, I got Montreal and then did Conan and started doing stuff. And I was like, well, great. Like, I didn't know that like a lot of people move here and it takes them a while to kind of, it took me a while for people in the scene. It took me a while to get in the scene. Um, but, like, I had enough things going for me pretty quickly that I, I wasn't, uh, like, sitting 
it wasn't like the beginning of Rocky or Eight Mile or something where I'm like, oh man, like I'd done, I'd already done all that in Atlanta, and like when I got here, I was like, okay, great. And then so um, it was easy to get on shows and stuff. Yeah, I had a lot, I had a big advantage of having a TV credit and like being in Montreal really helped. You meet a lot of comics in LA, and it it, it really gave me a little boost. Um, I mean, it's still it was still hard. There would still be like several months in a row where I would make no money and not know anything. Yeah, be like what what you know don't know how to get around. So there were some hard parts, but I didn't have to deal with that. I was like, I didn't have to be like, what am I doing with my life? Am I funny? I was like, yeah, I'm funny, and this is what I'm doing. Like I I was never like, you know, that was all over by the, the end of like the second year of stand up in it. Yeah. So. Um, I'd be like, well, this is a rough month, but uh, I'll be fine. And uh, Where would you go and, like, what shows would you do and stuff, like, to feel like, oh, I'm in the scene. I'm part of the scene. Uh, I guess when, uh, if you would go, if I went to a show like Good Heroin and, like, and be like, oh, I know most of the people here. Or, like, if you go to the comedy store and comedy store, sometimes it's, like, a an, hundred insane it's crazy. Yeah, it's like uh, 300 some, people for potluck. Yeah, so going, you know, just going to a, a show and knowing several people, and you walk in and people are like, "Hey, that's when you're like," and that, but that does take a while, because uh, for everyone to to be like, not everyone even, just just for enough people that most shows you go to, you know, a few people. Yeah, that's it. Then that that probably took two years in LA for it to be like comfortable, like, "Hey, how you doing?" Uh, and it feels like home. But that takes a while. No matter how good you're doing, it takes a while to feel that. Yeah. What do you do to uh, get better while you're in L.A.? Like, what? Are you doing a lot of shows in L.A., like indie shows and stuff? Yeah, I like to. And I still like to do a good mix. Like, you know, I like to do the Comedy Store, the Comedy Magic Club. Um, there's a great room, Ponchos in Manhattan Beach. It's a very, it's like a, it feels like a normal, it's not like a bunch of L.A. people. Like, the people with actual jobs that are, like, not showbiz and stuff. So it feels like a real, like, you might as well be on the road, uh-huh. um, which I really like. And, uh, you know, stuff. I loved doing shows with Virgil, but I, that's all, I, that's still the thing I want to do. I want to be like this. I want things to be able to kill in an indie room full of hipsters. And I want it to kill everywhere for me to really feel like it's a useful bit. That's cool. Yeah. Do you feel like you're funny on stage in the way that you're funny in real life? Uh, Yeah, I do think there's it's harder for me to get. Uh, on stage, it's hard for me to be as, because uh, I, <laughs> sometimes I do get mad, <laughs> and sometimes I'm not uh, pleasant, <laughs> just because I'm a human being, but on stage, I, I do have to, to, I can't show every single part of my personality, so sometimes where I'm like, no, I'm not feeling that, I'm not happy about it, I don't like it. And I don't think it's going to get better. And fuck you. Sometimes that pops in my head. Yeah. And me and my friends in real life, we can laugh about it. But on stage, I feel like that comes across as like, ah, it's harder. It's hard for me to be. Um, uh, I usually have to be kind of upbeat. And, or even if I'm talking about something I don't like, like if I'm like, I, am, I don't like this thing. I have to kind of be like, what? What's going on with that? Isn't that weird? <laughs> I don't know. That's weird. I don't like it. I can't be like an actual mad guy. Because yeah. I've tried it and it doesn't work. Um, and maybe one day I'll be good enough at comedy to, to be able to slip into that gear and do well. But um, I'm showing maybe 90% of myself 
on stage. Interesting. I wish I could do all of it, but uh, as of now, it's hard for me to be a mad guy. Yeah. I can't go Bill Burr yet. Yeah. That's cool, though, that you – so you, it sounds like you started doing comedy just because you were, like, just funny and liked to be funny with your friends. Yeah, I thought everyone was going to do it. I was surprised that everyone – all your did. friends? I, my brother did it a few times, and one of my friends did Like, we were all, like, doing it and stuff. Um, do you know what's – no, what is this person doing? I think they're lost. <laughs> it was just like an elderly woman outside my place pointing. That was interesting. At my second floor. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Why? That was odd. Very odd. She looked right at me. Really? Yeah. She just like you made eye contact. She literally did the thing where she like gets her hand like peers inside. What? Like yeah. Why was she peering inside? See, I this think is weird. she thought this was where she was going. I guess that was probably it. Wrong she place. Nice. Um. Well, cool, man. Uh, you have any cool stuff coming up? Uh, yeah, I'm doing. Uh, I just did that show, the Comedy Central show. Um, I think that's coming out sometime soon. Uh, I don't even know what it's called. It's Bill Burr's stand-up show. Uh, oh sweet and i taped that a few days ago and uh just touring around and doing shows and uh working on little projects that may or may not ever see the light of day but uh yeah that's definitely coming out so that's the bill burr one be. yeah that so is i'll coming. be on comedy central at some point on his show that's awesome um, and uh doing this college <laughs> we'll see how that goes in new hampshire yeah um going to new york for a couple weeks soon and uh just traveling around having fun and, cool uh, man we'll see we'll see where could the kids follow you these days my name's caleb Sinan. last name's s-y-n-a-n it is not a very good name it's hard to say and spell but that's my handle so <laughs> check me out or just type in caleb s and i'll pop up i'm the only and not many of us around uh so yeah at caleb Sinan. um if you can't remember that just type in caleb conan and all my clips will pop up um yeah give me a follow holler at me uh I'm a fun follow. I post a lot of stuff. Oh. I have a good time. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for doing the podcast, man. Great pod. Good couch. Thank you. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for tuning into Working Comic Podcast. There's a new episode every week where I interview writers, directors, comedians, producers, any kind of creative thing you can think of, and also the business side of things. So, club owners, agents, managers, festival runners, all that stuff. So tune in every week and uh, also follow me on social media at the Austin NASA on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also catch me on YouTube with Chabros, C-H-A-A bros, one word. Uh, we have some funny videos up, so check it out. Thanks guys.